What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. It's a new week. We're going to be doing one of our older segments that we haven't done in quite a while, which is our Ghost Legends or Crime segment, where we're going to be talking about the meat grinder. (laughs) But yeah, so it's going to be all stories, ghosts, legends, tales, crime, all kinds of shit about the meat grinder and it doesn't necessarily mean what you might think it means some of it is just related to it some of it is ghosts some of it is all this other stuff it was a lot of research yeah. uh, but it was cool to like figure it out and uh, read about it so you guys are going to want to stick around for that we are going to be doing the news today holy fuck the it's been a while news. <laughs> it's only been like two weeks dude it's been like Three. Has it really? I think it's been like three weeks, dude. Like, uh, but yeah, sorry about that, guys. You know, the news is important, but uh, a lot of times you guys already know. We just do it because we like talking about it. Alex um, likes talking about it. Yeah, I do. I think it's an important part of the <laughs> horror community. Um, but yeah, no. Also, we have been teasing you guys with a giveaway for quite a while, and I finally figured out what the problem was. Everybody that was signing up for the email list was not confirming their emails. So if you were one of the people who signed up for the subscription and never went to your email to confirm that it is okay to send you emails, you probably didn't sign up. So I'm letting you guys know now for the future. But for those that actually did, we surpassed our 75 mark of people who subscribed to the podcast email. So... Today, we're going to pick our winner, and this is me from the studio, by the way, because we got all of these directly after B and Brittany recorded this. So, without further ado, let's spin the... And the winner of the $20... Amazon gift card that we will be contacting you through your email. You have one week to get back to us. If we don't hear back from you, we're going to spin another person and give it to them. So make sure you check your emails, guys. Uh, The winner of the $20 Amazon gift card giveaway to spend on whatever you want, including a dildo, is Terrence Clancy. Come on down! But thank you so much, guys, for all of you who entered and subscribed to the email. You're going to want to stay 
subscribe because you will be automatically entered into any future giveaways. But Terrence, thank you so much for listening as a token of our appreciation to our, our listeners and our friends and everybody that supports this podcast. Here is a $20 gift card for you. Like I said, confirm that you got this email from us. I will be sending it to you today, uh, probably a little bit after this airs. Uh, so make sure you get back to us in a timely manner, and then I will send you the code to spend on whatever you want. Congratulations! <laughs> So, how's things going, Brittany? Good. You know. You know. The same. So happy. You sound so excited <laughs> about life. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, so, did you do anything cool? Like No. No? No. Yeah. I, I was like trying to think, too. I'm like, did I do anything cool? No. I think the only thing I did really cool this week was um, we went to Smash Burger. And then... So cool. uh, I love Smashburger. Um, and then I did streaming, which is yeah. kind of like, it's work, but it's not work. I you know? I did last week. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I mean, I guess that's cool. Yeah, it's better than what it I got. It was a tough one. But by the way, guys, if you're listening to this on Monday, we do streaming for the podcast. Well, it's pretty much just me, but I do streaming <laughs> it, for video it, games. It is just you. Yeah. I mean, but I say we, you know, because yeah. it's all ours. I'm there in spirit. But we do it on Saturdays and Mondays uh, every week at 5 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time. So if you ever want to join us, uh, we get a little uh, loopy, have a few drinks, kind of like we do on the podcast here, talk some nonsense. And I make a lot of fucking dumb jokes um, with a voice changer sometimes as Jason Voorhees. I totally want to come on and stream sometime and play, yeah. and play the game. Anytime, dude. And then just, you don't have to use a keyboard. I use a controller. You just in the background for that one. And then I'm gonna play because I'm terrible. Like put me in a horror game and I'm oh, screaming the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck you!" Oh, <laughs> I played a few fucking like little tiny um, horror great. games, and I was like screeching. Yeah. I uh, recently spilt a fucking drink on my desk. <laughs> this is like a new desk with all this new fucking it's stuff. It's so good. I love that fucking clip. Dude, my face looks ridiculous. I think I'm going to turn it into an emote on Twitch it's so as one of the tiers. Because people can subscribe and they get these emotes. Mm. And one of them is ankle claps. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is like this is I'm holding my arms behind. This is the uh, the symbol. Just clapping your your wrist together behind my neck. <laughs> what uh, what day do you usually get more people? Um, both days are pretty popular. Um, because I'm I, wondering like what to, if I'm done at like a decent time with my shoot on Saturday, like I'm gonna be fucking dressed up like a clown. Whatever, that'd be even better. I know. That's why I'm like, I've got so like fun. two chairs here. I could set the camera up however we want. Let's do it. It'll just be like me and screaming as a clown playing. Right, yeah, dude. Like Nick and fucking Cass came here. How late do you do it? Like what time? Um, do you do? I start at five and I end at probably like ten or eleven. Oh yeah. But I'm last last Monday or yes, last Monday I did it until like midnight because I just couldn't stop. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even starting my shoot till seven. I'm oh yeah, it's gonna be probably too late. But that's okay. Just another day, man. Whenever you can, dude. <laughs> but yeah, guys, I, I don't know. If, I don't know. I there's not much else to say other than horror shots. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> but I think it's about that time, Brittany. 
Oh shit. Horse shots. All right, guys. So as you already know, we're going to be doing our ghost legends and crime. And we're going to be talking about the meat grinder. One of the stories that we're going to be telling you about some of the folklore and crimes and things that we have. There is a they talk about someone being in a vat, a vat where all the meat is separated from the fat and burned down and melted and all this other shit. So I went and did a little search, a little fun search, because I was thinking of what kind of ingredients would be good in a shot involving a meat grinder. And I was like, well, blood, right? Everybody always says Jägermeister has blood in it, like oxen blood or whatever the fuck. I've never heard that in my life. They have. It's a thing. Look it up. Is it that say that? I don't know. I don't know if it's true, because I never really give a fuck. He has oxen blood in it, brah. I mean, if I'm thirsty for blood, I'll just like kill a deer right in the middle of the street and just like suck on his neck. <laughs> like, wow. How do you think I look so youthful? <laughs> blood of my enemies. <laughs> She's uh, she does blood baths. And I don't have any enemies left, so I'm looking for more. But to give you guys an idea, when I did a little search on shots that I could make with Jägermeister, I came across one that was called a fat bastard. <laughs> but I did not have the ingredients that we were to use in that, which was Jägermeister and Apple Pucker, which happens to be something that we typically have for some reason. I don't know you why. drank it all, Alex. Yeah, I drank it all because I use it on the stream. Yeah. But, so we replaced the Apple Pucker with 99 apples. So it's Jägermeister and 99 apples. So what we're going to be calling this shot, instead of a fat bastard, it's a vat. V-A-T bastard. Okay. For the meat grinder, all right? Just shut the fuck up, okay? It's fucking real. Um, so in the vat, bastard, I've already mixed this up, and you're going to want to do this in a shaker with ice because it is a chilled shot. But anyway, you're going to shake this up. You're going to have half a shot of Jägermeister, half a shot of 99 apples, and then you mix it in a shaker with ice, and you pour it out into your shot glasses. It's going to be delicious, Brittany. I don't think it's going to be delicious. I think you're full of shit. I fucking hate Jaeger. I really think you're going to like this. I so. really don't. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. To all the souls that were lost to the meat grinder. I don't like it. Why do you sip it? Because if I think I'm not going to like something, I sip it. Don't do that. <laughs> Even good stuff tastes bad sipping it. Yeah, but whiskey is fine. This it's a shot. Slam it. Oh, my God. That is the slowest shot taking I've ever seen. You're you're punishing yourself by not taking it faster. Actually, it, like the horrible taste like disappears kind of fast. Yeah. No, I can't. This entire, it's all that, that blood. This entire Dixie cup full of shit. Like, I can't take a shot like that. I'll spill it down myself. Oh, I just. I can't do that. Really? Yeah, I can't do that. I mean, I can deep throat a dick. But I, ah, do I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Mouse nose. <laughs> I bet, but I, I don't think the world needs to know. All Why right, Brady. The world not need to know that. <laughs> Alex can also deep throat a dick. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Or several. I didn't know that, but she's letting me know now. Brittany's finally. Are you finished yet? No. Slam it. No. Brittany. I hate Jaeger. There's gonna be Brittany salsa all over the floor. No, there's not. Brittany soup. I will be the only one to never poop <laughs> on this show. But if you guys would like to find out how to make a. Vat 
bastard with a V. All you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section now. But that's it for horror shots. What we're going to do right now is jump into a section that has been sorely missed and probably everyone fucking loves and adores. No. And that is the news section because we have a few thoughts about some things here, guys. I think Alex is the only one that misses it. <laughs> now it's time for the fucking news! Here is the fucking news! All right, guys, so there is uh, some news about a new Jordan Peele film that's been coming out. Uh, they just released, uh, like, a cover and talked about who's going to be in the next film. Uh, the next movie is going to be called Us, and it has sort of a Rorschach sort of picture on the front. So it's going to be another social horror movie of some sort. So I hope he challenges it a little bit differently this time than maybe something like Get Out, because I hope it's, it's vastly different and something new. But I guess we'll see. I agree. Um, but they are—they uh, announced the title on his social media accounts on Tuesday, and Variety picked it up and like pointed it out that uh, Lupita Nyong'o is in talks to star with Elizabeth Moss. Ida's Neat. the t- yeah, she's going to be as the top choice for another lead role. Winston Duke is also being eyed for another lead role in the movie. So. Uh, Jordan Peele posted this on his Twitter, uh, but I'll send you guys the uh, Variety uh, article about it. But um, So what do you think it's going to be? I have no idea. I mean, they have... If it's a Rorschach thing, it's going to be something with psychology. Right. Well, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's probably... Yeah, it's got to be something mental. You yeah. know what I mean? But... Of course, for me, I like mental thrillers. Right. Yeah, I don't mind those, but I just kind of wonder. Psychological thrillers can is he, the technical term. Can he strike lightning in a bottle twice? We'll like, find out. I guess we will find out. I feel like he can, but and I, and I hope he succeeds. I hope so I hope too, because like it benefits everyone. Pony. Fuck it. Exactly. I hope it's not a one-trick pony moment, though. So. I don't. I don't know. I feel like it won't be, but I don't know. And I feel like he's going to be criticized more harshly this time around. Probably. Which I think is going to end up. I don't know, maybe hurting him because people are unfair. Well, I, I do see, I do know a few people that I'm friends with that are were not fans of the film, um, although they watched it again, to be fair about it, and they actually enjoyed it more the second time. Mm-hmm. So I've seen people change their minds about it. I've seen people say that, oh, it's just the thing that people want to like. Uh, I kind yeah. of agree with that People mental. People like because it it's popular, right? Well, sometimes it is. That is, I feel like that is a thing. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's well, not a good movie. I'm saying that I think it gets way more acclaim sometimes. Yeah. than like the A Quiet Place, great movie, not my particular movie. It had been done. Things that they did in that movie had been done before. It was done well. It was a good film, but it just wasn't for me particularly. Right. I would give it like an eight because it is a good film, but those extra two points would go to something that I would enjoy on a personal level. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what it's like. What do you guys think? Do you think, what do you think the next film's going to be about? Us, I don't know. The picture's kind of elusive a little bit. So, let me see it. It is very Rorschach. Right. Speaking of thrillers, though, in the news we just recently heard, uh, guys, you've probably already heard about the Pet Cemetery remake that they're trying to do. 
Um, they've all greenlit all these like fucking uh, Stephen King movies, TV shows. We got Castle Rock coming out soon on Hulu. Yeah. Um, but Pet Cemetery is going to be more grounded in a psychologically horrific remake by Stephen King. Sweet. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do. I get a little nervous about that because they tried to do that with The Mist, the TV show, and boy, was oh, that a fucking letdown. Oh, God. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, I watched all of this to get to this level. Right. Yeah, this is a big misstep. I understand. Like, I, I get it could be good. And first off, That's right off. That's how I felt about The Mist, though, in general. <laughs> so, no, I love The Mist. The Mist is good, but at the end, I'm just like, Oh my god! No, that's the but best. That's the part. best part about yeah, it. Yeah, it really yeah, it's is. Like fuck you, man. It's like, tragedy, man. It is fucking tragedy. I don't always agree with Stephen King, and I've mentioned this before, but I agree with him on that. Yeah, he said that that's better than his ending. So you have to give. That's like something he doesn't normally do. No, he doesn't like to compare his work. Nope. He'll either like it or not like it, but he won't say that. Yep. But he said he loved that ending. Yeah, so. support it or he'll right. push on it. So in an interview with Dread Central, um, Bueller says that the uh, directors are interested in taking Pet Cemetery back to the tone of King's novel. Uh, it says, Dennis and Kevin and I really connected around the idea of bringing the story back to the source material to find a modern telling of, of the book that really spoke to some of the big scenes and big moments that Stephen King had originally written. As much as all of us are huge fans of the original film, there are moments that are larger than life and feel borderline campy. Our desire was to tell a really grounded, character-driven, and psychologically horrific version of Pet Cemetery, which, in my belief, is the scariest book that King ever wrote. I'm so into that. That, by the way... I'm so fucking into that, because what I remember from the book is that. Mm -hmm. And the movie is pretty vastly different well and so if you guys remember us we covered pet yeah. cemetery and well, some of the information <laughs> uh pet cemetery was a book that stephen king didn't even want to put out he was upset with the book he thought it was too much um especially with the kid thing uh he threw it in a drawer and said fuck it i'm done whatever if it gets made it gets made whatever i don't think it, i don't i don't care about it anymore and then somehow it came out again like they asked him for some material and that's how Pet Cemetery got put out. And it actually was the closing book, I believe, that Stephen King wrote for the publication company that he worked for, the distribution publication, whatever, uh, as a goodbye present to say, go fuck yourself. Um, so he could get out of his contract. I think uh, I think that he actually gave him most of the rights to it. Probably. Yep. So they're basically having an April 2019 release date as of now. That could get pushed off. What do you guys think? Do you want to see... Does this sound like legit? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Whenever they're doing a remake, they always say lately, oh, we're trying to stick to the you know the book they this day. Nowadays, now. They didn't do that before. They always changed it around and stuff because yeah, they thought they were better. Pissed. Right. And sometimes it, it works out. Yeah, most of the time they still veer pretty far. Yeah, I, like, I don't agree with it. Which I don't understand. Like, you literally have the script is already written for you. Well, Stephen King, I think, it. did the screenplay, helped do the screenplay for the original movie. Yeah. Pet Cemetery. So he wound it down. But two of the main characters, I think, in that Pet Cemetery remake are going to be really hard to duplicate. Agreed. Which they do have John Lithgow was going to be playing the role of the old man across the street. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, like, 
really I don't agree. I, I, I don't I actually think he's not a bad choice at all. I just don't any, think anybody's gonna replace Fred Gwynn's character. Yeah. I'll go down the pet shop. I agree. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like he was really good in that role. Also the child who wasn't exactly the best actor, but the scenes where it makes the biggest difference, it does matter. Counted where it needed to. Right. And that's the biggest thing. And that little kid was so fucking cute. I thought so too. He's so fucking cute. No fair, Daddy. Oh, no so fair. Cute. No fair. Seriously, <laughs> I can't. So uh, but anyway, guys, what are your thoughts on that? Also, in the news, we also got a trailer recently for the was upcoming sci-fi TV show Tremors starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, who uh, was in one of my favorite movies, which is Remo Williams. The Adventure Begins. So I really love that movie. That was a childhood favorite movie. But <laughs> Anyway, they were really dynamic together, I've always felt, um, and they were going to be returning to some of the roles, and it got canceled before it even got started, but they- so shitty. But they posted the trailer of the TV show pilot, because all they did is they filmed a pilot with all these people, and I'll be honest, like, I was coming in pretty critical to watch the trailer, and when I got done watching the trailer, I was like, fuck yeah, that looks fun, man. Like, I want to watch that. The trailer's fucking awesome. Like, it's super, like, I I want to see it. So I'm disappointed as fucking sci-fi for passing that shit up. Because they're going to make 1,000 fucking Sharknado movies. Well, that's what I wrote about, yeah. They're going to pass on this? I know, that's Are exactly what kidding? I said. I was like, well, they're going to, I was like, it's really surprising that they would pass this up over Sharknado 5,000. Yeah. They're okay bullshit. with that, but. Sharknado shouldn't have been a thing, period. I don't mind the Sharknado. I don't mind that it exists. I really don't even care it's fucking if any shitty movies exist because it's never going to change anything. It just it just lowers the bar for others. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so that's what I don't understand because this trailer is completely fucking legitimate. Anyone who has even just seen one Tremors movie is going to understand most well, of what's happening. Well, I, I wouldn't say... Just call, like, I wouldn't just call like... I wouldn't call the franchise great by any means. Well, no, the franchise is the, they get predictably worse as it goes along, but well, I've heard yeah, the new one is really good. But they're still fucking fun. I and yes, that's all that matters. but there, I I don't know, man. It and lost its like spirit. Can, it lost like its somebody way. Somebody can probably call them that they become their own Sharknado in the end. But what the fuck ever? Like I would much rather see a Tremors than a Sharknado. Fuck everybody sequel, else ever. would too. Like if you would rather see a Sharknado fucking. 5,000 instead of a trailers TV sh- or trailers wow Tremors TV show you're a fucking idiot <laughs> would you say trailers I did okay. I'm like <laughs> joining words together because they're all the same at this point what did you guys think though like I was kind of concerned like because you know Kevin Bacon's kind of old Kevin Bacon's so sad about the fact that this shit didn't get he really up is either. Which that is, was his dream well that's kind of funny too because this is like not the like shining moment of his career either he is old you know what man. i mean like it's really like kind of a spotty thing it got a 65 on metacritic and it's not you know it's not like it's like booming here it's got a 7.1 on imdb the original one by the, original the way drummers? yeah okay um i think like the third one's my favorite Oh, the what i think it's are you out the, of your no, mind no, 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 it's either the, it might be the second one no way there's one of them that I saw. Fred Ward was in the second one. Kevin Bacon was not. No, I saw them all completely out of order when I saw them when oh, I was dude. a kid. 
We and might have to actually. We might have to actually rewatch. Some we should. Of those. I'd be happy to. I like that fucking series. It looks like it's got an eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes too. By the way, guys. So, what do you guys think? Do you think they should have picked it up and they're stupid for doing it? I mean, I don't think that it's going to be some like main blockbuster hit for them, but maybe they were asking too much money and that's why they backed out of it or you know, maybe they didn't get the right price and it didn't I mean, happen. It is Kevin Bacon. Even though he's old, he's still a big deal. Netflix, if you're worth anything, start picking up some of these shows Netflix. like Ash vs Evil Dead and this one. Like I know that you're sci-fi fucking jerk-off fans, which is cool. I love sci-fi, but don't fucking forget about horror, okay? Like, it's not all about sci-fi all the time. I appreciate that you do it because it's a it's an untouched uh, genre that doesn't get a lot of money. Horror gets a lot more money than sci-fi. Uh, yeah. I personally think action... When they combine action with fucking sci-fi, that gets more attention. Then but it, when it's yeah. just pure sci-fi, not so much. Not so much. I I've think, noticed. Anyway. I think Netflix is going to pick it up. Netflix or Hulu. It would be great if they did. Anyway, in other news, we also got sad news, actually. And I won't end it on sad news. But remember when we watched Poltergeist 2 and we were talking about how great the performance was of the guy who crawled around in the fucking creature suit that looked like Kane. Shut up, did he die? He passed away recently. We cursed him. Yeah, actually, I know. We cursed him. Oh no, I don't think we cursed him. But I think, I, <laughs> I, think I think the movie cursed him, but well, we, we helped. Well, he would be added to the list now of the people in the curse, the quote-unquote oh curse. But, I mean, anybody could be marked dad. But what I thought his one his role in Poltergeist too is that creature was really good. He was a kind of a very underrated uh, actor. Uh, he had been in movies like Poltergeist Two, The Other Side, which we mentioned, Big Trouble in Little China, A Nightmare on Elm Street Five, The Dream Child. He was also a prominent creature performer in the late '80s. But he has a lot that he's offered to the genre. And a lot of people have really kind of forgotten about him. And uh, it sucks, man, because that's a man that really achieved something because this is a person that had no limbs and was able to act and, and provide so much entertainment for people. Entertainment value that you pretty much don't think about. Like when you're watching a movie, I would say, not say you, I just mean people in general don't really think about all that goes into a movie in the first place. But someone like him you know, who is kind of like what they're calling an unsung hero to the horror genre. Uh, it, it just it just sucks. So it does suck. Especially since we, like, were really into, like, how well he did that. He was in movies also like Sss, which was from 1973. He had done a lot of different work and stuff that you would probably go, oh, shit, he was in that? Like, that makes sense. But that is none other than Noble Craig. But, yeah. Uh, I think we have our drinks over here, so let's let's give a big uh, cheers to uh, Noble Craig. All right, guys, in somewhat better news, we have the new Predator teaser trailer that just came out. Um, Sorry. <laughs> is it that bad? Do you really think it's that bad? No, it's just nothing to it. I'm sure so. most of you guys have already seen it, but it's a teaser trailer. Yeah. I think it was a pretty hearty teasy teaser trailer. Yeah, for teaser trailers. It's right. It is, but teaser it's... trailers are just supposed to give you the general idea, yeah. some of the characters. It doesn't look like it's poorly acted. It looks a but little... There's a lot of people in it I like. Yeah. 
which is cool. I, I don't really have an opinion on it yet. I know we posted it. Uh, one of our uh, friends, John Hale, posted it in the group, uh, Do You Love Horror? Which, by the way, guys, if you want to join on on that, please do. Go to Facebook and type in, Do You Love Horror? And it's a it's a group. We'll add you in. All you get to answer is a couple of really insanely simple questions. Uh, but anyway, John Hale posted in there, and a few people were like, "Well, I don't know what I think about this," or I can't form or like what one of the one of my fucking favorites was uh, from uh, Larry from Creature Features podcast. Who I'm going to be on here shortly. Here, guys, uh, doing some movies with some creatures. I won't say what. Uh, he was like, wait, is there going to be aliens in it? Yeah. And they're going to fucking attack things? Uh, then, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that. Uh, it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that comment was my favorite. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I cracked up. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. What did you honestly think of it, though? You didn't really you didn't really have an opinion yeah. no, about I'm in, I'm it? In did you see same... anything that you liked or didn't like? I kind of feel the same as you where I feel like it's – I can't form a full opinion on it because nothing – Grabbed you. Of substance is really given to me at this point. Other than the fact that I like a couple of the actors that are in it. So okay. That to me, I'm like, okay, like I'll watch it. Am I gonna go to theaters to see it? No. No. Okay. I do love Predator. I'm like, gonna go to the fucking theater to see it. I Fuck do, yeah, I am. I love Predator. Like I love Alien too, but I always have like a soft spot for Predator because he's more like human in nature. <laughs> he's more man like. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Not human necessarily, but he is more male based on like an actual person type mm, that's what you mean for so, you mean two legs two arms he's a human looking creature <laughs> he basically looks like a person i don't know he has kind of a vagina mouth so i don't know if i'm not talking about under the under the armor okay I'm talking about general when you stare at him he just looks like a human in i thought he looked mask. like a beast he does well he's like a crazy tall beast but he's still like a, and he was in with arnold he's like a spartan-esque type arnold Strong man, sexy character. So of course, so, you know. You heard it here first, guys. She wants to fuck a predator. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna fucking lie about it. Like they're kind of sexy in a weird way. <laughs> I don't think they sold anything in the trailer though for the new Predator they trailer. Uh, I think it was just like kind of there. The only. Um, but I haven't been wowed by it yet. But I didn't get disappointed by it yet either. So I guess that's worth something, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the only thing I got excited about was the fact that there were actors in it I liked. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's a, are you excited for it? I mean, I'm definitely interested that Shane Black, uh, who I believe did Bad Boys, <laughs> um, and Bad Boys. also Fred Decker, who is part of uh, the Monster Squad, uh, Night, of the, Night of the Living Creeps, or Night of the Creeps, what am I saying? Night of the Creeps. Yeah. And uh, so, and many other films. So I'm kind of curious. They They helped write this. I would like to see it. Still wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. But that's it for the news. All right, guys. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and jump into our ghosts. Legends. Or crime. So now we will be taking a look into the ghosts, legends, or crimes Surrounding the darkened gears that churn meat. What kind of meat? Well, my friends, you may be too horrified to hear this. So turn down the lights and get ready to dive headfirst into the Meat Grinder.
All right, guys, we're back, and today we're going to be talking about the meat grinder and many different forms of it, as I mentioned earlier. Now, first off, to give a little history about the meat grinder and why it was made and who made it, the first meat grinder was invented in the 19th century by a German revolutionist named Karl Friedrich Christian Ludwig Freiherr Dross von Sauerbrand. Jesus fucking Christ. Right. Hell of a Fuck that. business card that you got there, right? It's all business card. <laughs> no room to tell us what you do. They also called him Karl Dreis for short. The earliest form of the meat grinder was a hand-cranked and forced meat into a metal plate which had several small holes, resulting in long, thin strands of meat. As time passed, the hand-cranked machines became powered by electricity. The modern convenience of the electric meat grinders we know now, today, can process several pounds of meat easily and uniformly. Current models of the electric meat grinders have different attachments to add functionality such as sausage making, kebe, and juicing, which have greatly broadened the way meat grinders are used. But for what meat, I ask you? Human meat. <laughs> um, now, there's a lot of different types of mishaps, crimes, folklore, stories, legends, things like that, that we're going to present to you today. Uh, so you're going to want to tune in. Now, there are a lot of bad mishaps, like I said, involving them, especially the industrial-sized meat grinder. First, we're going to take a look at the story that took place in Chicago, Illinois, involving a murder and a sausage vat. <laughs> Adolf Lutgert built a sausage plant at the southwest corner of Hermitage or Hermitage, Hermitage. and Diversity Parkway in 1894. He was so taken with his own success that he also built a three-story frame house next to the factory, which he shared with his wife, Louisa. But Louisa Bickney's was a pretty girl who was about 10 years younger than Adolf Previous to their marriage, she was actually a servant from the Fox River Valley, which was a, uh, it's like a long row of places there where they did a lot of business. It was just all the way from north to south in Chicago, which uh, that's where she, of course, met Adolf. Louisa did. Uh, she was very short. She was apparently less than five feet tall, oh my God. and she had a really tiny frame. Uh, apparently, Adolf was extremely infatuated with her and eventually asked her for her hand in marriage. Uh, the wedding ring that was a golden ring that he purchased with an inscription on the inside of the ring with LL for Louisa Lutgert. This ring is going to play a huge part in the story later. Wink. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> is that a cock ring? Uh, yeah, no. Come on down and get your cock rings cock from 1800. Yeah. Uh, but They're small. Apparently on May 1st, 1897, Louisa mysteriously disappeared. Even Lukert's sons questioned him about her disappearance. And he would just say to them, well, mother had gone out for a previous engagement to visit her sister. But many days flew by and she didn't come back. And Luisa's brother, Deirdrick, 
Bixneys went to the police where Captain Herman Shuttler was on the case. So he's basically the detective. Mm-hmm. But he had been considered to be an honest but brutal detective. So he was hard-nosed and probably obsessed with his work. He and his men searched for her, questioning all the neighbors and relatives, which, you know, obviously let to the let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, uh, that their extremely loud arguments were not unnoticed because uh, they were fighting a lot. Captain Shuttler interviewed William Fulpeck, an employee of the sausage factory who recalled seeing Louisa enter the factory around 1030 in the evening on May 1st. Frank Bielk, a night watchman at the plant, confirmed his story, and he also added that he had saw both Lukert and Louisa at the plant together. Conveniently, Luker had asked him to leave early on an errand and told him to go home early. Conveniently. Conveniently. Right. Uh, Apparently, the detective found out that the factory had been shut down for about 10 weeks prior to her missing to reorganize, supposedly... The day before Luisa vanished, though, Adolf Luker ordered about 378 pounds of potash and 50 pounds of arsenic, a.k.a. stuff to make soap with. Curious, Captain Schuttler, the detective, started piecing it all together, and he was convinced that Luker had killed his wife, boiled her down in acid, and then disposed of her body in the furnace. They searched the factory from top to bottom, and then they came to the basement where the meat vat was sitting next to the furnaces where they would smoke the meat. Uh, But the officers drained the greasy paste and were poking at it with sticks in the vat. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, because they didn't want to touch it. You poke at it with a fucking stick. I would. I wouldn't want to fucking touch all that fucking human waste. (laughs) I'm such a piece of shit. I'd be like gloves and then... Uh, <laughs> well, I don't even think they had rubber gloves back then. In like the 1900s? 18. 1800s? Well, it's yeah, like 1890. I'd poke it with a yeah. stick too. But they drained it. They looked through it. They found a piece of skull, like a tiny piece of skull, and two golden rings. One, of course, with the initials LL on it. <laughs> Stupid. I know, right? You take like, that shit off first, you fucker. Seems kind of <laughs> weird, right? So May 7th, which was about six days later, Lukert was arrested for the murder of his wife. Nobody was ever found, like no body that of hers, at least, was ever found. But they still felt that they had enough evidence to convict him, which he was indicted for the crime about a month later. So they actually charged him with the burning of his wife in the factory furnace. Now, a lot of people rumored that she had been ground into the delicious sausage that everyone ate. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. That makes more sense. Why would they find pieces of her in the meat? But they burned her. The insane thing is, is that if she was incinerated. She would there would be nothing left besides maybe those rings. Right. But they did say that the plant wasn't operating for ten weeks prior to her missing. So they weren't selling or making sausage during this time. So that may just be like a common urban legend sort of thing. But still, it was a at the time, it was like a a rumor that was going around. So it essentially killed off the sausage plant. Oh, yeah. And they just like plummeted in sales. Well, I mean, 
Think about it. So the plant wasn't in open operation for several weeks at that time frame, right? Right. So that gives the perfect place to dispose of a body through a fucking meat grinder. Well, you would think. In that time frame. I, I, I don't think he was thinking about a lot of the stuff. Plus, they weren't like CSI, you know, crazy shit going on I at that time. Hmm, I don't well, yeah, it was like they they poked a shit with sticks. Right. I mean, let's be real here. And then months later, from May seventh on, it was October twenty first, eighteen ninety seven. The first trial they had was a hung jury. So some of the people felt like he should get the death penalty. Some of them felt like he should get sentencing. And then one person apparently thought that he might be innocent, so they couldn't figure it out. So then they hung them all. No. <laughs> Uh, but apparently they went back to court about it in February 9th of 1898, and he was convicted and sentenced to life in prison at Joliet. Or In the 1800s, they didn't just kill the fucker? No. That's crazy. But, uh, or as I like to call Joliet, the Blues Brothers prison. Blues Brothers prison. Because what it was. Right. <laughs> she caught the caddy, got me a new ride. <laughs> apparently he died in july 1899 so a little less than a year later uh in a mental institution where they put him he went insane apparently and his lawyer that he had lawrence Harmon, was a firm believer that he was innocent he really believed it so much that he was willing to give over two thousand dollars back to try to find her and went out looking for her to prove his innocence so he could get out of where he was. That's so, a lot of money back then. It is. $2,000 back then? That's like I mean, fucking millionaire it's status. It's a lot of money to me right now. Right. Like, in the 1800s, that's millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's probably not as... Yeah, to us now, it's probably nothing. It's still a lot of money to me. <laughs> Lukert was convicted and imprisoned. Uh, people reported seeing the ghost of Louisa in the Lukert house which neighbors claimed to see a woman in a white dress leaning against the mantle of the fireplace. And so a lot of ghost stories started. You know, we don't know if they're real or not, but uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, The house was rented out later, and any of the tenants that took over the place wouldn't stay there. They said it was too spooky, and that they themselves found that it was haunted and didn't trust being there. So everyone that moved in moved out, supposedly... The house that they lived in, though, was moved down the street somehow. I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to do this, but I guess if they brought the London Bridge over here, then it's possible. Anything is possible. Right. Anything is possible if you believe. (laughs) But a lot of people speculate that because they moved the house or moved something or changed things, that might be part of the reason why Louisa kind of disappeared as a ghost story later on. It was also reported that people had been seeing Louisa's ghost in the sausage factory as well. Apparently, four years after the murder trial, there was a watchman at the factory who believed he saw Louisa's apparition and reported his paranormal experience to the police. And inexplicably, the police captain sent two detectives to report on this situation because of it. Guess he was pretty believable. I don't know. Uh, but according to the newspaper reports, these two cops were so startled when they witnessed mysterious lights 
and Luis's ghost near the vat where her body was liquefied that they drew out their weapons and fired. Interesting. Now, there's an actual report that I found from a different newspaper than the Chicago Daily Tribune, which you would think would have posted this, but this was in Des Moines, posted somewhere far away. But at the time, a lot of these reports were sent to different things, which some people claim even more validity to the situation because of how serious it was. So these cops and the security guard actually might have seen something that made all these papers, newspapers write about it. So, and I'm going to read it to you. The Des Moines Daily News wrote this on April 4th, 1901. Okay. So long ago. Right? How do they still have that shit? (laughs) This is what it says. It's funny. It's like, nearly four years have passed since the murder of Mrs. Louisa Lutgert by her husband. And now her ghost is appearing in the factory building on Diversity Avenue where she was slain. Several persons who live across the street from the structure are willing to testify to this fact. John Seifert, the watchman in the factory, August Beck, a saloon keeper directly across the street from the building, and Gustav Haas, who lives in the house formerly occupied by Adolf Lukert, are three of the many persons who have seen the apparition. Seifert reported the occurrence to the police on Wednesday, the ghost having appeared for the first time on Tuesday, Wednesday night, Captain Herman Schuttler of the Sheffield Avenue station sent detectives John Quinn and William Blall to the factory. A light soon appeared at one of the factory windows and the officers decided on an investigation. So they actually went in Uh, with their revolvers drawn and each with a lantern. They entered the, the factory with Seifert. So the guy that reported it was telling them to go in. They all three went in. Immediately, a light darted before them as if it were a streak of lightning. It seemed to pass from the first floor down the stairway into the basement. The officers followed, and when they got to the basement, they saw the light again. It was in the very place where stood the famous middle vat in which the body of Mrs. Lukert is thought to have been disintegrated. Quinn rushed for it, but it vanished, and in less time than it could be realized, was in a corner 50 feet away. The officer again approached it, and this time was able to get within a few feet of the apparition, which all the while was distinctively that of a woman. And officers sprang for it. His arms were thrown about a small keg, and his head went through a window pane. The light disappeared but a crowd of men and women who were outside the building watching said that they had no sooner heard the crashing of the glass than they saw the light appear in the top of the factory. The officers went back to the station, firm believers in ghosts. (laughs) What do you believe? That's a crazy story to tell. That is indeed. Like, why would an officer tell that story though, right? It's more than one, too, isn't it? Well, it's two officers and one security, security guard. Security guard. So two officers. Seifert was the security guard. And one fake officer. Right. I don't know. I mean, if I saw that shit, that would trip me the fuck out. Yep. And I'll tell you what. I'm definitely not going to be going down no basement to follow a fucking glowing light necessarily. 
I'm going to be fucking running through a pane of glass to get the fuck out of yeah, there. No, I mean, we have enough sense nowadays, but in like the 1800s. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, though. It's like interesting. Like you think back that far and you're just like, Jesus, that's old as fuck. <laughs> it's old as fuck. But I read this report and it's like I, I picture it like we're reading it out of the paper today mm-hmm. or online. Internet. <laughs> but the funny thing about this is, guys, that this was not the first time Blaw had seen a ghost. One of the officers... In 1898, when he was a Parks police officer, he had witnessed a specter wearing a Mexican mantle and sombrero one night in Lincoln Park. He fired his gun at the figure, which promptly vanished, according to the February 13th, 1898 Chicago Daily Tribune. What is a Mexican mantle? I don't know. (laughs) What the fuck is that? A poncho? Maybe. Maybe they mean it is like, you know, this is 1898, so I mean... (laughs) The factory was partially torn down later on, you know, and it turned they turned it into condominiums and the residents have never reported any kind of hauntings as of yet. Doesn't mean that there isn't or maybe they don't recognize it, but maybe some suspect that it's because she no longer recognizes the area anymore and she's kind of trapped in this thing. Kind of think of like Beetlejuice for some reason. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, some claim that on May 1st, if you walk down that street, you might just see the tortured specter of Louisa Lugard wandering the streets at night. So they even made, there was like kids that came up with a song around this time, by the way, when this all happened. And this is how it goes. It's funny. Old man Lugard made sausage out of his wife. He turned on the steam his wife began to scream, there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. I don't know. How, that's probably not how it goes, but. Kids are fucking awful. Of course they are. They don't understand death. We should turn kids into sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Those little shits. Well, wasn't there that fucking story that the scary tells to tell in the dark? Scary stories to tell in the dark. Right. Wasn't yeah. there a meat grinder one? Yes, there is. Yeah. It's a good story. Too. Right. I looked that up. I was like, man. It's based off of a New Orleans ghost tale. Right. Which I also have a story about as well. And I think it's the same one. Probably. Yeah. It's probably what that story is. I haven't on. read that book in a long time, and I know they re-released it, didn't they? Yeah. And if you find originals, get the originals. Oh, they're worth a lot of money. I I mean, have, good luck. I have the originals. I have an original set, two original sets of the original books from... Back in the day, because that was my life. Yeah, you can get Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series, um, the complete collection uh, with all three books for $23.98. It's all paperback, though. Yeah, it's paperback. I want to reread those just for fun. They're so good. Uh, I I remember, I think everybody in like 30, 40 generations has read that book. Well, the artwork is what, is what sticks out more than anything. It's amazing. That sticks out more than the stories. You know what it reminds me like, of for whatever reason? People don't care about the stories. It's just the art. Do you know what it reminds me of a little bit is the a Light in the Attic? Oh, yeah. Shel Silverstein. I love Shel Silverstein. I have all his books, too. This one's a little dark, and he's a pretty dark person. He but is very dark. I don't remember the meat grinder story, though, from the tales. It's called... Scary Tales to uh, Tell in the Dark. Something Sausage. Yeah, grinder sausage or no, ghost sausage. It's like a delicious sausage or something like that. I need to read these but now. But it's a something sausage. And it's the picture is of half of an arm that's holding a fork with a meatball 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the end of it. That's what the artwork is for that particular story. I know this, guys, because I'm currently working on my entire right leg. Is all scary stories to tell in the dark. Original Stephen Gamble artwork. That's right. Tattooed on me. So the guy with the blue nose and shit. These are all pieces that I'm gonna be. Well, you're. Yeah, he's one of. Which, that was the first book. I have the um, the dead horse is my favorite. Okay, I, well, I don't remember from all of the books. So that's the centerpiece on my leg, and then I have the church and um, continuing on. But anyways, nice. Yeah, it's dope as fuck. My entire that's my entire right leg is all stuff and gamble. I'm sure leg. he'd appreciate that as long as you don't sell your flesh. I'm going to. <laughs> you had some interesting stuff that we wanted to talk about, like so. All right, guys, I'm going to give you a local urban legend. Wait, local? It is local for who? To Arizona. Oh, okay. Well, that's but. but I'm like, we're Arizona. That's local. <laughs> okay. Well, they maybe they don't know that. Oh, we're in Arizona, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to give you a local. Urban legend. Arizona legend. Arizona, le- whatever. A local <laughs> Arizona legend, which takes place in Tucson. Okay. So, in 1964, there was a meatpacking plant, specifically known as Farmer John's Meatpacking Plant, which was located in Midtown Tucson, which is supposedly haunted by the ghosts of two murdered children. The story basically goes like this. In 1964, the slaughterhouse and meatpacking plant was owned by a man named Warren James. He had a daughter named Sarah, who was eight, and a son named Nelson, who was six. One afternoon in early October, the nanny of the children, Mrs. Stiles, brought the children to visit her fa- their father. She sat them to wait in his office until he was able to meet them, while she took a brief break. But when she returned, she found the office empty and the children nowhere to be found. Interesting. Their father was notified, and production was immediately stopped as the employees assisted them in searching for the children. After hours of searching with no sign of them, the police were notified, and soon they joined in a more thorough search. They spent hours combing the factory, but were unsuccessful. An entire week passed with no sign of Sarah and Nelson, and the police began to suspect foul play, which, I mean, I would too. It's been over a week and my kids are missing. Someone killed them. Right, okay. Taking a drink, sorry. Yeah, a week is a long time for a parent. It's <clears throat> a long fucking time. Unless you don't want your kids, of course. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't, so I wouldn't want my kids so much. <laughs> but, I mean, if you missing. had kids, you wouldn't want them to die. Yeah, but he actually cared, so, yeah. So, the police conducted a full investigation at this point, and they thoroughly examined the meatpacking plant as well as all of the processing machinery. Their diligence finally paid off, and they discovered what appeared to be traces of human remains lodged between the extremely sharp blades of the meat grinders. Mm, Wow. So the plant, of course, was immediately shut down, and a recall order was issued for all of the meat that had recently left the plant. Then the official reason that was given was contaminants found in meat, human in nature. Whoops. Whoa. Which I bet you most people didn't even blink an eye at. They were like, oh, someone fell in, huh? Yeah, right? I mean, that's what I would think. It's like, first of all, like, when I think, like, not to interrupt you here, but, like, when I think of a fucking meat grinder or a fucking smelter or, like, those gigantic industrial things, I'm like, fuck being around that. Right. Well, there's so many stories, even as of recently, of people falling into meat grinders and dying. Oh, yeah, I found tons. There's a ton of them. There's like, just God only f- a few that we picked, obviously. We're not going to list them all here, guys. Yeah, but, but, like, then these weren't even, they're not crimes or whatever. It's just, it happened. Accidents, Accident. yeah. Accident. 
So. Or um, was it? Or was it? <laughs> so within days, the police actually issued a warrant for the arrest of the children's uncle. His brother had, Mr. James's brother had a long history of mental instability. And his one job at the factory involved feeding the meat into the grinders. You had one job. One job. And he did it. <laughs> <laughs> he did his Sort of. Job. It wasn't supposed to be for children. <laughs> he did his one job. So even though the remains of the children were never officially found, they were officially declared dead a few days later. And due to the recall of the meat and the horrible publicity that came before that and followed the recall, people refused to purchase the product sold by the factory and they eventually went out of business. Soon after the company closed its doors, the body of Mr. James was found hanging in the refrigerated meat locker. After his death, the plant was sold, and over the years, it changed hands Wait, wait, wait. Times. He killed himself? The father. The father killed himself. Right, not okay. Not the uncle. Uh, rumor has it that 10 years later, the original owner began to report mysterious trespassers to the police. According to him and his employees, a young boy and a girl were con- um, constantly being spotted running around the building. The sightings even escalated to such employees that began to report seeing a man throwing two young children into the meat grinder. And when the workers would rush to their aid, the figure would vanish. Hmm. So legend does state that every year during the month of October, the ghostly figures of the two children can be seen running around the abandoned factory. And on Halloween night, the shadowy image of a man can be seen hanging in the meat locker while another figure can be seen dumping two small bodies into the meat grinders. Fun fact about this particular plant in Tucson is in 2001, it was officially closed and later turned into a haunted house attraction called the Slaughterhouse. So the Slaughterhouse was featured on an episode of Ghost Adventures in January of 2018. Mm -hmm. So if you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of Zach Bangin's, you can find the episode and you can watch it. Why are you get so... Why? <laughs> why? Why what? You haven't watched that many. I don't think you have. I've watched enough. You have... No. I've no, watched enough. No, no, I've watched enough. <laughs> you have not watched as many as I have. I've watched enough. Pretty. He's still a douche. <laughs> I don't care what you say. I really enjoy I did, this show. I did watch that episode, actually. Guys. I prefer Ghost Hunters, but that's all I'm saying. Fuck Ghost Hunters. I like Ghost Hunters. Boring. And they, they were first... Did you know that they got caught... Faking shit? Oh, it's only a matter of time till Ghost Adventures gets caught faking. Maybe, shit but I'll tell you what they. It makes you whenever you do that, I think you've lost all credibility. Yeah, and and, and I'm not saying that you know they're all fake because I don't think that way. Mm. But I really, I really like the show. Actually, this season that this is from. We we Those bought episodes good. Yeah, we bought this. They had Post Malone, like you said. I know because I love him. He That's almost why I attacked it. <laughs> Post Malone in the fucking thing. He was so terrified. It's so cute. Yeah, poor thing. You watched the episode? Yeah, I did. Oh, I like, really? I like Post Malone, so I was like, I'm gonna watch the shit, and it's a good episode. Yeah, I liked it. So I, I will it give. Them, I will give them that. I honestly think their show is like one of the better uh, TV shows. It's not terrible. He just irks me. I just, you know, I always thought Ghost Hunters was a little boring, um, and, you know, maybe... I I don't know. I I liked Ghost Hunters, so when Ghost Adventures came along at first, I kind of liked it, but I always thought Zach was a douche, so he kind of took me out of the element. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, I don't really like a lot of paranormal investigation shows, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you know that they actually turned that place into a rave 
too. I've been to a rave there. At the slaughterhouse? Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> um, actually, my partner in the band Black Ops that I did, had a, he used to DJ. And we he had an event, a show there, mm-hmm. for a rave that they did there. I didn't know this place existed, so I'm I completely, saw like, my mind is blown. DJ Plastic Disease there, too. Mm-hmm. That was right before we became good friends. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Which, I mean... I know so many people that live in Tucson, so that's the biggest thing to me is I'm like, why have I never heard of this haunted house? Because it looks amazing. I think I even went to the haunted house. Like, I hate haunted houses. Yeah, that's a popular one, though. And this one, I've never heard of it. So I'm like, how have I never heard of this before? But um, I feel like I should talk about them just a little bit. Who? The haunted house. It's oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So anybody local to Arizona, um, Phoenix, We should Tucson. probably go over some of the stuff in uh, the show, too, since you watched it. But No, I don't want to talk about that. We're going to get too long. <laughs> it's not that long. There's just but, point out some of the cool stuff. I don't want to. I just know it scared the shit out of Post Malone, and that shit was funny. Okay. <laughs> and they do talk to um, a lot of like workers. That was the most interesting shit to me, honestly, was the people that they talked to. Were really genuinely scared. They were genuinely terrified. Like employees of the slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. um, they got some in-depth stories mm-hmm. and some people that were actually hurt. Which ones in particular are you talking like about? The, the woman, the one blonde chick that got cut on her. Oh arm. yeah. Well, they had that lady, and then there was somebody and then else. There was a younger kid. Younger girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was several, and that's what I. These thought are was all really actors, by the way, in the haunted house. By the way, guys. Yeah. Just so you know, actors, actors or crew, right, of some type. But if you're local to Arizona, if you ever want to visit Arizona, this is still a functioning haunted house. Right. It's a very popular one, and they actually have year-round attractions that you can visit too. Um, so the slaughterhouse has been in full operation since 2009 does have five attractions currently, which include the Infested Boiler Room, Cirque du Soleil, City Meets, the Apocalypse, and the Demented Voodoo Bayou. Nice. Plus the brand new Escape House, which is Tucson's newest escape room venue and is open and offering a slightly less scary challenge ideal for team building and birthday celebrations. You know what's funny, too, is that to bring this up, like not that it has to do with me grinding, but Ghost Adventures has been to numerous places that turn places into haunted attractions yeah. like oh, yeah, numerous they like a lot at least three or four a lot actually yeah, yeah it's right. pretty weird but i thought that was really cool especially since i've never heard of it and it's literally in our backyard wow two and a half hours away but it's less than two hours <laughs> <laughs> two hours still that's not I mean, our it's, backyard it's two hours but it's like it's right there all right well yeah i've met many of our friends that live there of course never heard yeah of sh- i've never heard of it yeah, Tucson. Oh no, I yeah. I've no, never I, heard of the haunted. I've, never I've been heard in of all the house. little places that they had. Me too. In it. I've been to so much shit in Tucson. I've never heard of this haunted house. Oh, I mean, I've, I've been in all the little places in the actual slaughterhouse. That's dope, though. Like, yeah, I'm actually, really jealous. And I'm like, that, I didn't cool. know any of the history of that when I went. So, plus there was a rave going on. I can't imagine that I would fucking recognize anything with like fucking pounding music from fucking three different places. See, like this is where you should have went exploring by yourself. Right, yeah. Because I would have. <laughs> well, I was a VIP. I would have just disappeared. <laughs> and be like, well, I got a pass. I can go wherever I want. Fuck you. You had another story, though, about something in Canada that you wanted to share. And a I'm really interested story. about this. Yeah. I do. It's a crime story, guys. So yes. she's going to tell us about the real crime. This is a true crime story. Right. Um. So his name was Robert Picton. 
His name. His name was Robert Picton. His name was, was Robert Ro- <laughs> Picton. <laughs> I'm sorry. So from 1978 to 2001, at least 65 women disappeared from the downtown east side district of Vancouver, British Columbia, which promoted the largest serial killer investigation in Canadian history. Robert Picton was charged with murdering 26 of the women that disappeared and was convicted completely on six charges. Robert William, or Willie, Picton was born in 1949 and was raised on a family-operated pig farm at Port Coquitlam. Coquitlam, I'm probably going to say it wrong. British Columbia. Picton and his siblings sold most of the property for urban development, which reduced his farm down to six and a half um, acres. From what? What was it, a lot? A lot. Okay. It was pretty big. Um, He did receive a share of the proceeds from the real estate transactions and did partner with his brother, David, in a salvage company, but he still did maintain a small-scale livestock operation at the farm, which does pertain to later events, so it is important. Okay. (laughs) Sounds boring, but it's important to later. (laughs) Um, He was a very socially awkward man that sometimes exhibited, obviously, strange behavior, and he did end up living alone in a trailer home on the farm. In 1996, the Picton brothers did establish a <laughs> establishment called Piggy's Palace Good Time Society. What? Yes. <laughs> that sounds like a porno <laughs> palace. Of some Which sort. was a federally registered charity with an alleged mandate to raise funds for service organizations through special events such as dances and shows. But neighbors complained of rowdiness, drug use, drunkenness, and noise from parties that were attended by as many as 1,700 people, including bikers and sex trade workers, uh, bikers meaning Hell's Angels, specifically, um, from the downtown east side. So this was allowing him some extra perfect picking ground for his victims. In the year 2000, the city of Port Coquitlam shut down Piggy's Palace. Piggy's Palace. Piggy's Palace. Welcome to Piggy's Palace. Piggy's Palace. Good Time Society. Like I was, just like, <laughs> I was like the name. Like I can't. Anyway, um, but because of the marginal lifestyles and transient habits of the victims and other people in downtown East Side, the disappearances often went unnoticed, which is partially why it continued for so many years. Okay. 26 people, I mean, that's a lot of people. Right, but if a woman's sudden absence did draw attention, months could pass before she was actually reported to the police as missing. So suspicion would eventually veer off track. Right. So, interestingly enough, within these disappearances, on March 22nd of 1997, a woman that Picton had taken to the farm did fight back when he attempted to handcuff her, She seized the kitchen knife that he had, and in the ensuing struggle, both received some serious stab wounds. The woman ended up running to the road and waved down a car, whose occupants called an ambulance. She was taken to the Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster, and while the woman was undergoing emergency surgery, Picton was also receiving treatment for his injuries in the same hospital. An orderly found a key in his pocket that fit the handcuffs on the woman's wrist. Oh, wow. Picton was arrested and charged with attempted murder, assault with a weapon, and forcible confinement. You go, girl. She got out of there. Hmm. Did she, though? Oh, no. The charges were stayed, which means dropped, 
or stayed halted and eventually dropped because the woman whose name was placed under protection by a publication ban on the courts, blah, 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 it's, can- it's Canada. Okay. Um, was a drug addict and not considered a competent witness. Oh, my God. See that, guys? And Picton claimed she was a hitchhiker who attacked him. Fuck. Yeah. So he was able to get away with that for even longer. He was able to get away with it for even fucking longer. Okay, so what happened next then? Like, how did he get caught? I'm going to tell you his arrest. Okay. What led to his arrest, right? Okay. And then eventually I'll get into what specifically they found. Okay. And why he was so terrible. In early February of 2002, (laughs) Scott Chubb, (laughs) sorry, formerly employed by the Picton family as a truck driver, informed the RCMP in Port Coquitlam that he had personally seen illegal guns in Picton's trailer home. That information met the official requirement for a search warrant. Right, okay. Out of all of the things. Hey, man, that's sometimes that's all it takes. Illegal guns is what's going to I bet it. you they had their suspicions, you know, they they suspicions Probably. about it Leading anyway. Up to it. Yeah. On on February 5th, officers of the task force raided the pig farm. And in addition to several illegal and unregistered guns, they found items connecting missing women to the property. Fuck their personal belongings. Picton was arrested on weapons charges, but then released on bail. He was kept under surveillance and not permitted to return to the pig farm while police conducted a thorough search under a second warrant. Among the evidence they discovered were handcuffs, women's clothing and shoes, jewelry, and an asthma inhaler prescribed to Serena Abbotsway, one, one of the, the missing, missing people, women. Yeah. DNA testing of blood found on a motorhome in the property proved it to be that of Mona Wilson, which was one of the missing women. On February 22nd, Picton was rearrested and charged with two counts of murder. A total of 26 murder charges would eventually be laid against him. The prosecution alleged in his trial that he would lure victims with money and drugs, and cocaine traces were found in a lot of the recovered tissue samples. So this kind of ended up backing their stories. Okay, but what did he do with the bodies? That's where I'm wondering. After sex, he then strangled or shot his victims. Which, bizarrely, a revolver was found with a dildo attached to one end, believed to have been used as an improvised silencer. But DNA... Wait, what? Wait yes. a second. Hold on. One of the revolvers... They used a dildo as a silencer. One, Yes, and but they found DNA from multiple women and, and him on the dildo as well. So I'm sure he probably used it as a sexual tool. For himself. For himself and for the women... And he also used it as a makeshift silencer. So hot. Right? I'm kidding. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) We're horrible people. That's horrible. Now, he then would feed their remains into his wood chipper and serve the remains to his pigs. Sounds about right. On March 10th of 2004, the government revealed that Picton may have even ground up the human flesh and mixed it with pork that he sold from his farm to the public and the province's health authority later issued a full warning. Mm, delicious. Which in several accounts on this, he sold that same pork to police officers that were investigating his case. Fuck, to try to get out of it. That purchased, they were loyal customers to his pig farm and the meat that he sold. They were eating her. And they were eating them. Fuck. So, I wonder if those people got sick. The like, kicker is, he was, of course, saying he was innocent this entire time, right? 
but while he was being held in jail in Surrey, British Columbia, he did share a cell with an undercover RCMP officer that he thought was another detainee. In the course of their conversations, Picton said he had murdered 49 women and he wanted to make it the golden 50. Fuck. So, <laughs> so it was more than 26? More than 26. He boasted 49 and tried to make it to a golden number of 50 but was caught. So while they're learning this information, the pig farm became literally the largest crime scene in all of Canadian history. Investigators took 200,000 DNA samples and seized 600,000 exhibits from the farm. Archaeologists and forensic experts needed heavy equipment to sift through 383 cubic yards of soil in search of human remains. The cost of the investigation was estimated at nearly $70 million. Oh. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is crazy, man. It's like, the craziest fuck. And I'm like, how have I never heard of this? So and let like, this be a warning oh, to oh. all of you people who think Canadians are nice people. They still are. <laughs> They're still nice people. I'm, I'm totally kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> this is why we get some of the most fucked up films from Canada, guys. There is something wrong with them. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to go up there and fix things, guys. How this hasn't been made hasn't been made into a movie. Christina and I were talking about it earlier, and I was telling her all about it. And yeah. she's like, why is this not a movie? I'm like, it's I don't know. Cool. I agree. It should be a fucking movie. Like, it's, there's so much more to this story, you guys. Like, What is it called? What was the name of his charity? Piggy's Palace Good Times Society. I think um, either there's three names I come up with. Pickman's Palace, Piggy's Palace. Piggy's Palace. Or... Pickman's Piggy Palace. What is the last two words of that society? Good Times Society. Excuse me. Pikmin Society. Something like that. I feel like Pikmin's Piggy Palace is perfect. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a little too cheese dick. If I they like were to it. do it like legit, they would have to get it something. But anyway, that's you know a who fucking... I think is perfect to do this movie? So he was grinding all these people up. Yeah, that's he crazy. legit. Like he either like their theories, at least from what they are able to release to the public, um, Canadian law is a lot stricter as far as what they are able to release to news sources um, and what we can obtain from it. So there's a lot of pieces of this story that are still sheltered that we can't reach. Right. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I would love just... to be able to see the actual transcripts. W- did you look and see if there was a documentary about all this? I or? did. I didn't see that anything existed yet. There mm. are a couple of books. There's actually a article and I think it could be a book two but there is an article for sure written by one of the investigators Mm -hmm. specifically titled um essentially like what i did wrong how i didn't arrest the biggest killer written by one of the fucking one of the investigators yeah like how i ate a human being how i (laughs) basically it's and i'm I'm saying it completely wrong because i'm trying to remember it pork tastes just like human right but it's essentially like how i didn't catch Canada's most notorious notorious serial killer. Yeah, that's interesting. Essentially. So it it's super interesting and it's very crazy. But yeah, I mean he their theories, at least what we can see, is that he either fed bodies into a he primarily fed bodies into a wood chipper or fed full bodies to his pigs to eat on the farm. And like pigs and bugs and natural shit just ended up eating a lot of the bodies, especially the older ones. Um, but there's also bits and stories about how he fed actual human remains to a meat grinder, mixed them with his pork, and sold them to 
of people. I was including like th- police that were investigating. So, him. like one of the things I think about, like, I mean, maybe Bone was like easy to be found in like fucking meat grinders and shit they like that. They did find a lot of skeletal remains. Right. So that's what I'm thinking. Like that's that shit's that's all shit that got buried. Right. But I'm just thinking like eating it wise, like wouldn't you find shit like that in your food? So did he like they don't grind that though. Well, well that's what I'm saying. Like so the, the, the next thought I have is did he skin their bodies mm-hmm. like from the it's bone? Filleted. Right. That shit's like they legit fillet the bodies, at least they should be if they want to do it correctly. Hmm. You would fillet the meat, the fat, the muscle or whatever from the bone and then feed that particular those pieces in particular to the grinder. You want to try to avoid a lot of the fat because it's going to be tougher, but believe me, I eat humans. Hmm. <laughs> well, I do have one more story. It's a folklore legend that is out of uh, New Orleans called the Sausage Ghost of New Orleans. Oh, I almost did that once. Yeah. I'm glad you did. It's uh, there was a. It's very similar to the previous tale that I told you guys about, about the Germans. Yeah, Chicago. in Chicago, yeah. Uh, but this one's also about a couple that owned a sausage factory named the Mullers in New Orleans. Nolens. Nolens. <laughs> Which uh, Nolens is often heard echoing the sound of jazz in the streets, probably just as loud as some of the scariest, gruesome tales that you would hear about it. Behind the scenes, a lot of these, there's a lot of crazy stories. One of the more gruesome ones that a lot of people talk about and also considered to be a oral folklore that was passed down because this took place in the 1800s. Um, they actually adapted this story into a book in 1930, many years later, called Gumbo Yaya, mm-hmm. which is a collection of Louisiana's oldest oral tales. So there's different you know, stories, different things that people have told. So I thought I would take some of the stories that I heard about about this story and kind of twist it a little bit into my own personal thing, uh, but still retaining some of the, the stuff, you know what I mean, that was in the story. So like the other tale that I told you guys about, this one took place in the 1800s. This was a story of a German couple who opened their own sausage factory in Chicago. Why is it always Germans? Why is it always Germans? I don't know. They make the sausage. That's what they do. They make the sausage. They got a nice kielbasa. You know it's what like I mean? Not even German. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually Polish, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's not German at all. But the uh, townsfolk, the townsfolk in this area, loved this couple so much. They considered them to be some of the nicest, hardworking people that you would probably ever meet. Uh, in fact, they knew the, their customers so well that they called them on a first name basis as they smiled and said hello on their way in and out. I'm going to eat you later. Plus, <laughs> it didn't hurt that they made some of the best goddamn fucking pork sausage that you had ever tasted. So that is the story anyway. Obviously, like most of these stories that you find, these smiles at the front door tend to hold a little bit of a darker secret behind prying eyes. Now, as they grew old and they got wrinkled and, you know, lost their appeal sexually, I guess, for one another. Their balls and their boobs reached the floor. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mr. Muller, and I'm sure it probably wasn't even that bad, sure. but Mr. Muller started to blame his wife for getting old before you know her time they're all like 40 (laughs) yeah because they probably because they worked their asses off so hard but 
Like the other story, Mr. Moeller found a mistress to satiate his desires. What bitch. Which turned into love for him and his mistress. He realized that he could never share this life with his new love unless his wife were out of the picture. So, on a night of dark destiny, <laughs> Mr. Muller closed up the shop, snuck up behind his wife while she was cleaning up the area. What a piece of shit. He wrapped a cord around her neck and strangled her. Now, it's been told that she was not a very small woman. So she could hold her own and she fought hard. Well, like she was able to try to get away a little bit, but it was no match to him. He eventually was able to basically choke her out and kill her. And it was it was pretty much no match for his passion for this new woman and the life that he was going to live with her. Now, obviously, Mr. Fuller had to figure out a way to cover up the crime and be completely free so that he could be with his love of his life. And honestly, New Orleans is not a really good place to fucking kill people. Oh, no. Because one, if you if you've ever been to New Orleans, you'll notice that they have above ground graves. And that is because they're the the land is not a good place to fucking bury bodies. That entire city floods within minutes. Yeah. And it often gets wet. It's not a good place. So they build these like over over the ground grave sites. Basically, um, like crips. Which I saw, and I, I've been, I've been in New Orleans before, so. Me too. It's my favorite city in the world. But he grabbed his wife's body, and he decided to stick her head first into the grinder in the back, chopping up all the evidence of his crime. Now, some of the stories say that she was never strangled, so it depends on the story that you were told. But he just simply snuck up behind her and pushed her in. But no one knows. It varies. Yeah. We heard a different story. Right. When we it's, were there, so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Days after this happened passed, and a lot of customers started to ask where, you know, his wife was. And after many times of stating that his wife was ill or visiting the relatives, the town grew a little... Leery. Yeah, they were a little concerned about what was going on. So that building up, Mr. Muller grew old and tired. Probably as much as somebody with a very dark secret like that would become, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a, it's a mental strain. Yeah, I can only imagine. But because of that, a lot of the quality of the meat that he was making lowered, and so a lot of people stopped coming. The business started suffering. In fact, some of the customers were actually complaining of finding bits of hair and torn fabric in their sausage. It really fucked them up a lot. But he started to get really worried about this, you know, because the stories and the questions started piling up and he started running out of scapegoats to tell of this. Meanwhile, he's got this mistress hidden into the side, just trying to fucking have his life with her. But he can't because everybody's asking all these questions. Poor him. Goddamn people being inquisitive (laughs) about his missing wife. I'm totally kidding. But he had to come up with some new reason why Mrs. Muller was no longer around. And one night while he was cleaning up the shop in the front, he heard something clanging and banging around. And what was that sound? Ghost. Something near the meat grinder. (laughs) As he walked into that room, though, and this is supposedly somewhat from all the stories, he walked back there and he turned and saw his wife crawling mangled out of the same grinder that he killed her in. 
Such a good story. And <laughs> what? The story. That's such a good story. I love yeah, the story. Yeah, like I can picture that. We do. From a movie. Like, I see it. Like her guts and her blood were spilling on the floor mm-hmm. like water, slapping on the ground. Her head was caved in and fucking mangled beyond recognition. She was moaning and supposedly gurgling with a mangled fleshy arm that she extended out to him. And he, of course, panicked. He ran out in the middle of the fucking street, screaming at the top of his lungs, realizing that he was more scared than smart. And then all the neighbors woke up, came out in the middle of the street, wondering what the fuck is going on, which he chalked it all up to a bad dream, Mm -hmm. which staved them off from questions, but also raised some questions at the same time. But the hauntings that he experienced in that vat didn't stop, and they continued to happen, and they actually increased in frequency. And many of the nights, he would come running out of the store like he did the first time, screaming and yelling. And so, obviously, the neighbors started to question this kind of fucking activity and wondering if he had actually killed his wife. But there was no body. They didn't have any evidence that he had done this kind of thing until one day... Someone bit into a bit of gold from her ring that he gave to her, you know, on the wedding night in one of their delicious sausages. So they told the police, the police came on the scene to kind of find him cowering in the corner, screaming and madly pointing at the sausage grinder. And it continued to haunt him even after this, by the way, guys. He continued to scream night after night when they took him to a mental asylum and he kept claiming that you know his wife's ghost was going to kill him and she was in the hospital or in the mental institution until one day he just finally said fuck this I'm out fucking committed suicide now they didn't say how he did it so I thought that was a little weird to be missing out but they just all of the stories have said that he committed suicide and they didn't say why but the factory was sold while he was in there was sold to another man to basically rent out and that man said that while Mr. Muller was in the asylum that it was in fact haunted by the ghost of his wife and also the factory the house everything but as soon as Mr. Muller killed himself committed suicide hauntings were gone no one ever experienced anything ever again because guilt is a very powerful feeling right so you think of these movies like what is it um what's that kevin bacon one stir of echoes yeah where they like fuck with you until you, you fucking solve that movie and never heard about it before, right until they get their revenge it. oh you haven't seen i it? haven't seen it we talked about this oh my god i know and you were like we should do that movie and i was like yes let's you do need it. to write this shit down Brittany. write what down just any of the movies I suggest. This one. That was one of them. We were going to do it one week, but we switched it to something else. Oh, yeah. I think something happened. I think we had an interview or something. We did. Um, but a lot of people still question, is she still around? Is she haunting some of the families who ended up eating some of her pieces? I don't think so. His or ass is, is dead. she now just gone? His ass is dead. Her issues were with him. Right? If she's going to haunt anybody, it would be the mistress in her family, but... I don't. Yeah, and they don't really mention There's nothing her. Nothing about that. Yeah. So I feel like he once he killed himself, 
then she could rest easy and she could move on and that's it. Yeah, it's interesting. So that's that's the story. But we heard a very similar story to that when we were in New Orleans. The only like real big difference was that he just pushed her from behind right. into the grinder and then fed her through it. Essentially, he didn't choke her out or anything before. It seems like more descriptive that he choked her out. It's a better story. I think so. It's, uh, more, it's more believable in that kind of an aspect than yeah. He because like, why would you push a woman into the grinder? Because right, she pull herself out. Essentially, like, well, not head first. Uh, maybe not, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, it is folklore, so you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But this is obviously came about for some reason. Yeah. And New Orleans is literally nothing but ghost stories, you guys. There's a lot. There's a lot. When you go there, if you've ever been there, that's all you hear from locals, from tour guides, from even from people who've been there more than three times. And fuck, have you like seen Hatchet? Local. It's just, <laughs> the whole there's city. A fucking, there's a fucking Jason-like creature living out in the fucking bayou. Yeah, it's just a giant fucking ghost story. So... I mean, you can't go to New Orleans without hearing at least like six different versions of ghost stories. So That's one of the bigger ones. That's one of the bigger that's stories. That's one of the bigger stories. You're going to hear different versions of it if you go, depending on where you go, mm-hmm. who, what you visit, what you do. And I mean, it's been around for a while. You feel a fucking presence when you're in there. I... The, the entire time we were there, like it just felt, it was beautiful, but it felt heavy. The entire time I was there, I was drunk. Well, yeah, so were we. So I felt heavy. The few and times, tired. the few times that we were sober, <laughs> you still feel like you feel something. Okay, so, all right. And I don't know, like I, I feel like I, I love shit like that. So take. I'm me a lot more open life, to this but... stuff than than I think people give me credit. I yeah. just like to be remain uh, skeptical because I think it's a better perspective it is to a come from. Perspective. Than, than to just be openly blind to things. No, because you set yourself up for a lot of stuff. Yeah, but. no, I completely agree with you. But yeah, guys, so those are just a few tales, folklore, legends, crime, things that we wanted to talk about, ghostly apparitions and things like that, that I thought uh, we would all share. And I think it turned out pretty cool. Uh, If you guys like this kind of thing, uh, we do have other suggestions. Another one that one of our listeners, uh, Esmeralda, suggested, uh, the werewolf of... I think it was Serbia or something like that. I'm sure it's probably it's fucking Serbia. Pretty crazy stuff, man. But but what did you guys think of the whole stories that we told tonight? Which one's your favorite? What do you think? Do you think some of these were plausible or just folklore legends that came out of nowhere based on old things that people thought about? They could have been fake stories that came out of real events that people twisted and turned into this game of telephone. Some of these obviously were real and proven. And would you like to see a movie about Picton? I would. I would. Do it. I'm amazed that hasn't been done. We got some other stuff coming up. We're going to have a guest on next week. Uh, It is Matthew from Horror Movie Night podcast who's got a special event that he's going to be coming up with i think we're going to sit down and do a grave plots together uh which i'm super excited about he's really cool i think you guys are going to enjoy it so um definitely look forward to that but other than that guys thank you so much for coming by this week let us know what you liked or disliked if you have any suggestions for future legends ghosts and crime or crime 
please let us know in our suggestion box yeah. on the website of longlivethevoid.com. Do it. We like doing this segment. Tell me more murdery things I need to talk about. <laughs> I like murdery things. Murdery fun things. I like legit true crime murdery things. Make me talk about it. Right. Now for you guys, thank you so much for stopping by. And keep this in mind. The next time you eat a hamburger, maybe a hot dog, or a delicious sausage, you might find a piece of bone, hair, or fabric in your food. And you may ask yourself, is it human? Stay weird, monsters. Monsters.